Welcome back to the Bradfoe Show. This is Coop. I am joined by Sammy and Gordo. The Boston Red Sox have had a bullet just fired into their head. Wally is hanging from the monster. That's a little that's a little much for the intro, but the Sox are dead. The only thing that can revive them is a little shot of energy right to the heart. Get that Get that nice heart pumping, a little resuscitation, a nice AED. You know what's powering that AED? Oh, do I? McFarlane, baby. McFarlane. Oh. Yeah. McFarlane. Yeah. McFarlane's going to bring some life back into the socks. I can promise you that much. And, you know, we, we can talk about the fact that the Red Sox have won, what, one game in their last 10. Um, who knows? Sammy, when was the last time that you actually tuned in for a full Sox game? Last time I sit down and thoroughly watched a game, I beginning to end tuned in. It's been a while. I mean, I yeah. always have the game on. I just don't. I haven't it's, been as deeply. It's more. It's more background noise than ever right now. It's more back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how could you? How could you be invested in this product right now? They, they're. I have an answer. Last Can I tell games. you my answer? I want to hear that answer. I'll, I'll tell you why I've been legitimately watching these games. Because for the young talent, tell me it's the young talent. No, that's not it. Stupid people like me took the over on 78 and a half wins at the beginning of the season. And for the majority of the season, we talked about, oh, it's like 86 wins, which was my preseason prediction. Is that within reach? And like they're on pace for 86. And like for the longest time, like this bet was a joke. Like it's easy money. And they, what if they lost? Like, I, I think it's like 17 of their last 20 or something crazy like that. Like, it, t- it took an all-time choke and, like, mail-it-in run by the Red Sox to not cash this bet. And basically, yeah. the where it's at is going into the series, the Sox need to win three out of four against the Orioles, and they've lost one. So they, as it stands today, just, they have to win three in a row. Not just losing the first game of the series. They lost it, and they, they were the ones to be celebrated on the, the Orioles as of last night against the Red Sox. They have won the AL East. The world turned upside down. I mean, like it's fitting that it's happening in the uh, mid-Atlantic region that the the world's turned upside down. Shout out to my history geeks out there that get that. Um, it's it's a weird feeling. I'm glad that I'll be honest. I was happy the Orioles did it. I've been saying since like they took the first place in the AL East. If I can feel any bit of joy this season, it's watching that Orioles team win the AL East. I yeah. I don't think no one has bad or like any ill will towards the Orioles. No, and look what they've been through, man. I mean, th- what they had to go through compared to, like we're complaining about this year and last year, the Orioles had to do like four times as much watching bad baseball as we did. And, and worse. Their, their teams were way worse than this year and last year's Red Sox team. So we They also be have ownership that legitimately does not care about their fans. Their ownership you- makes John Henry look like Bob Kraft. It's unbelievable. Can you imagine... Like going into seasons, knowing, like from the from the jump, knowing that you're going to be in last place, like that's what they endured for practically a half decade. Like at least, like when we complain about our teams, like this year and last year, like at least for the first at least half of the season, we had legitimate hope of like a playoff appearance. Like they from April first, no hope for yeah. half a decade. That you're sucks. Smoked in the that playoffs. That sucks. Bro. That's li- so I. I what? You're saying they get clapped? I think they're going to get smoked in the playoffs. Not not because I don't like them or anything. I just think 
they lack experience and they haven't sniffed adversity at all this year. This year has been all fun and games for them. And I love it. I'm glad they're having a good time, but I feel like they're going to run into a, a seasoned veteran like Houston and they're going to be like, we beat them in the regular season. Let's go. And then Houston's going to go, oh, buddy, <laughs> this ain't the regular season. We'll see. I hope that doesn't happen, though I do. Secret, I kind of. I'm kind of coming around on the Astros. I'm kind of no after la- after what like they did to like my boy right. Julio. No, I don't like do Hector. That. I don't like Hector Neris. No, every every bit of the Astros, I'm now back like to hating them now. Like I was just kind of like ambivalent about them, and now I'm just fully on the hate train for the Astros again. I'm not going to do like the whole cheating thing, but I am. I want to see them bounced. I want to see them bounced so yeah, bad. I like it. I like a good villain. I like a good. Like no. I was today, I want the Yankees to be good next year because I need a good villain. I can't just have a bunch of like. I don't really care about this team. It would be nice to see. I need to hate somebody. What if Adley just goes full heel? Like everyone likes him right now, but what if he just decides to go full heel in the postseason? Oh, like dude. punches a baby. I don't think he can. I don't think he's capable. He's too nice. He's too likable. He is. Oh my yeah. gosh, punches a baby. Well, yeah. I, if you want everyone to hate you, you punch a baby. That's uh, a fact. If I'm Adley. I'm lining if, up yeah. babies. And I'm knocking them down. If Adley oh, punches a baby, you're right. The public perception on him would turn. I I, yeah. I would dislike Adley if he punched a baby. I I can promise you that. Now, if John Henry intercepts that punch, I think public perception on John Henry goes up. <laughs> oh, he's a hero. Do you guys he's remember? A, he wears that. He wears a punch by Adley. It goes way up. He becomes a hero across America. Do you guys Maybe. remember when we were kids and A Rod saved that kid from getting hit by a truck? What? Yeah. In Boston, he say he like dove in front of a truck to save a kid's life. Allegedly, A Rod. No Jim Rice. He's no Jim Rice. No, that you you want to talk about Jim baseball Rice heroes? Takes, you talk about Jim trophy. Rice. Yes, Jim Rice absolutely. Um, no dogs saved my life. Winter weekend, but hell yeah, that's true. Scrambled eggs and chocolate milk, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, we're gonna the real Red Sox news that was creating a buzz yesterday. Uh, not them having their just graves celebrated on Chris Sale opening day uh, starter. Can we get a round of applause? Wow, that was that was beautiful. Yeah, so Alex Gore came out in his pregame presser. Uh, I believe the full context of it was if he can improve in the offseason, if he can stay healthy, uh, he will likely be the opening, or Alex Gore would like to see him be the opening day starter. Um, correct. Right. Are we all in agreement on the context of that? Yeah. Now the actual statement that hit the, the Twitter verse X verse and absolutely set Red Sox Twitter on fire was Alex Cora has named Chris sale, the starter of the 2004 Boston Red Sox. 2024 please but can, what, can did, I, what did i say 2004 2004 Sorry, yeah. something else something else was on the mind that yeah much yeah. worse than anything else that happened this season can i can i have the floor for a moment i'm Go like for it. we are as red sox fans so down bad right now that there's nothing left to freak out about the red sox just got dusted two nights in a row by divisional rivals shut out they just laid down and died and nobody cares Alex Cora says that Chris Sale is the starter for 20, might be the starter on opening day in 2024. And people, smart people who I respect, are having meltdowns online. What are we doing? 
Who else is he going to say? It's either Sale or Brian Bayo. And Cora is probably going to go with the veteran. It's not going to be Cutter. We like Cutter. It's not going to be Cutter. What are we freaking out about? It's like we've run out of stuff to freak out about. And then we see this little glimmer of freak out and everyone jumps on it. Please give me a friggin' break. This is so absurd. And like I said, smart people too, who I respect are like, what is Cora thinking? How could he name the, oh my God, I just stop. It's insane. Let me give you a counter argument, Sammy. I'll give you a counter argument. Cause it's not, I agree with you. It's not worth freaking out about. That's crazy. Cause like you, you could envision a Red Sox off season where we would be thrilled if they go and sign Yamamoto and uh, Jordan say Montgomery. It. Oh, well, he wouldn't be pitching, but please say also another. Yeah, and Otani. Yes. And Otani. Coop, they signed Otani. They signed okay, him? They signed, they, yep, those three guys already on the books. Oh, so they yeah. those three guys. Who is your opening day starter? They're not, Yamamoto's not going to start opening day. Jordan Montgomery's not starting opening day. And Shohei Otani's not pitching. So guess who's going to start? It's going to be Chris Sale. Yeah. So I, I think it is crazy to freak out about it. But the reason that I think it's worth peeking your antenna about and sort of like expressing a little bit of confused energy about is because there was no, like, it's not like he was asked who's your opening day starter in 2024. Like he's talking about Chris sale. And the only thing he needs to say in that spot is Chris sale, like is someone that, that we think can be great. We just, we want him to have a healthy off season. We want him to have a productive off season, a normal off season and a normal spring training where he's healthy and if he does that, then we think he can be back to the ace that he showed he was earlier this year before he got hurt. That's all that needed to be said. I just don't understand why he dropped the opening day starter. Like, that was just so unnecessary. And Can I, I, agree. Can I ask you something, of, Gordo? Now it's kind yes, of like ask. a semantics thing. Like, he, like, he could have just, like, who cares? I, it's such a reach. It's such a re- it's Michael Jordan Space Jam kind of reach to get mad at something like that. I just don't. It's not I don't think anymore. people are mad. I don't think people are mad. I think they're just like. I think it's more of people being like, oh, we're about to head into another unbeknownst year. Like, I I don't know if, Gordo, you were feeling that way. And that's what I kind of got from you on that, where it's kind of like, oh, we're heading into another year where we're not really too sure how the starting pitching is really going to look. That's not how I I get that. Oh. That's not how I feel. No. I I think they're going to fix the rotation. I fully expect this offseason that they're going to do it. I just, my, I just have general confusion as to why he brought up the opening day starter thing. I don't think it's worth freaking out about because but I think is, they're, it's, not, it's not like he's saying they're not going to go out and sign Blake Snell or Aaron Nola. Like I yes, think people yeah. are taking it to mean like, oh, yeah, the Red Sox aren't going to pursue the frontline starting pitching. <laughs> no. like, that's not true. No. Yeah. Like, they're going to. But well, is, it, is it unlike Alex Cora to pump up like, his players? Like, he, he loves pumping the tires of his players. He'll, exactly. he'll demand a lot of them. And saying that Chris Sale, from what he was this season, to saying he wants to see him be the opening day starter, like that's a big ask, and that's a tall order. And he that's just what that Alex Cora does. He does it this time of year. It's like the stuff with Verdugo last year. Where Erod, he, Erod, oh, yeah, he with Erod all the time. Which we'll get to him later. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> oh baby. Uh, but yeah, like, I, I, I don't understand people getting upset with Alex Cora. Or I, I. I don't, like I really don't. I, I think that's why I don't get it is because I conceptualize it as more of people are upset with what has happened to let it lead us to this moment, and like that's why. And even people on the Bloom side, uh, Gordo, you affectionately pouring your heart out. Like 
that's why I kind of took it as like, oh, this is more confusion as there is no game plan going into next year. Like that's what I like. That's what I saw the frustration in. It wasn't no, anger. I, it was frustration. I wish he had just said. I wish he had said. Garrett Whitlock is going to be my opening day starter. Just go full <laughs> troll mode. Spencer Strider is going to be the Red Sox opening day st- starter. Spencer Ohei Otani is signing with the Red Sox and his elbow is going to be fixed in time to start opening day. <laughs> he's going to get the same procedure as Story and he's going to be ready to pitch this year, man. He's, I get, heard. Ryan, man. he's going to he's walk out win a weekend with the same exact splint that he, that Trevor Story had at win a weekend 2023. <laughs> he's going to be passing the baton and that's going to heal him. You saw, you saw Trevor Story come out here and hit a couple dingers right off the bat. Took him a while to heat up, but if anyone's going to heal, it's going to be Otani in the legacy brace. Opening the legacy day. brace. <laughs> the legacy. They sign, Red Sox sign Shohei Otani. Opening day, he comes out onto the pitcher's mound, and Story comes out with a, a briefcase, and the crowd's going nuts, and he opens it. and he Pulp Fiction style, splint. gold just shimmers out of it. <laughs> he puts the splint on Shohei, and everyone goes crazy. It's a passing of the... <laughs> the tw- passing it's of a the passing splint. of the brace. Brotherhood of the traveling brace. We're so yep. down bad right now. <laughs> It's it's uh, it's is it a, this is where the good stuff comes out. What is it? Tough times make tough people. Tough oh, people yeah. make us, man. Tough people. Funny, baby. funny stuff. Podcast. I don't just make diamonds, bro. A gobbin. That's what we all are. Organic life makes you what you are. Put <laughs> yep. it on a pillow. Organic. Put it on a bumper sticker. <laughs> uh, but yeah. I, I honestly, and it's also, if you guys do see Chris Sale trot out there opening day, like if we get to the end of spring training, Alex Gore says the same exact thing. We're going to be in Seattle, just like we were in 2019. Nothing bad happens when you start se- or seasons in Seattle, and we're going to trot out Chris Sale. I, I would be fine with that. He's been so good when he's healthy. He had a bad start, and since the bad, what, first five starts or so, he's been fine. He hasn't gone deep into games, but like, People are acting like he can't pitch anymore. It, it, it's I, the health. That's it, the concern. If he's healthy, great. Who 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 gives a rat's ass who starts opening day? Like, thank yeah, you, okay. thank you. Without the other four guys in the rotation, like I could start. I could go out there and start opening day, and if that's the only game I'm going to start all year, and then everyone else in the rotation is like Corbin Burns and and uh, Aaron Nola and Yamamoto and Blake Snell, that's your rotation. Who cares that that Gordo started opening day? Like. It doesn't matter. Look at the five guys that are there. We had Corey Kluber start opening day. Corey Kluber was not one of the one of the five. Corey Kluber wasn't one of the eight best starting pitchers on the Red Sox, and he started. Corey Kluber day. didn't finish the season. Let's just leave Corey it. Corey Kluber didn't finish the first half. <laughs> this isn't a Corey Kluber hate <laughs> podcast either. It's it's not like we don't like him. It's just that he can't pitch a full season. I got I got a good uh, Red Sox trivia question for you guys. Um, who started? Opening day, two thousand and five. Uh, not Pedro. Not Pedro. Not uh, Schilling. Not Schilling. Yeah. <laughs> no. Curtis Leskanik. Nope, nope. Lefty. No. A big lefty. Dave. No, David Wells wasn't a lefty. Was yes. he? Yes. David Wells. Who's David Wells. Yes. Two thousand <laughs> opening day, David. Big beefy David Wells. David Wells as a Red Sox was like he was a fever dream. It was against Didn't the he Yankees. Have an ERA? Was his ERA over six that year? Oh, it probably wasn't very good. 
I remember he was like 42 years old. He was a big gentleman. And his ERA was not over six. It was 4.98. You know what David Wells always looked like? I'd take that this year. I would take that so hard. Nope. Sorry, that was 06. It was 4.45 and 05. He actually wasn't that I would also take that this year. I would have very much liked David Wells on the 2023 Red Sox. 30 starts on a four and a half. We'll take that. Yeah. Better than than what we got. At least he's going out there and throwing innings. Come on. He looks like an umpire. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He looks like an umpire pitching. He's a fullback. He threw 184 innings. That's a lot of innings. Man. Big horse. That's what they need. Maybe the Red Sox signed David Wells, and that's the secret in twenty. No, we just need a big burly boy. Big beefy Red Sox. Big beefy boy or big burly boy. We don't have any. Well, like is baseball yeah. is baseball getting rid of the big beefy boys? Is baseball fat phobic? Oh, well, he's not questions that Manoa was bad this year. The pitch clock. The pitch clock ruined the big beefy pitchers. I thought that was the Alec so Manoa demise. I thought that was so dumb when people were like, Alec Manoa is going to struggle because he's fat. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> that yeah, that, that <laughs> turned out to be true. Uh, wow, yeah. Oh, if, season end podcast for next Monday. Um, handing out awards. He's going to, I feel like he's going to win one. Awards. Def- yeah, we're going to hand out some Red awards. Sox players. Awards. Yeah, why not? Give them all to Justin Turner. Call it a day. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, but I was going to give Alec Manoa a special one. I don't want to give that one to to Justin Turner. He does not deserve that award. I can tell Down you Down bad award show. Can I, can I, uh, the opposite of Justin Turner award. I, that's what it will be called. The opposite. Okay. I like that. Alec Mano can have that one. We'll make him yeah. a trophy. Out, I, uh, on the topic of being uh, down bad, I want to shout out, uh, <laughs> saw a really good tweet. Uh, Liam Fennessy, uh, oh, from the pot. Hilarious account. Uh, one of my favorites. He posted, uh, a screenshot from an article saying like stuff we have to look forward to. This was the beginning of uh, last week. And one was Kenley Jansen might get his 30th save. And that was like the third highest on the top 10. That's all we have. Yeah. Yeah. That's our all-star. 30. Oh, this is so painful. Just the way the season's ending, it feels like, you know what? My fandom is mirroring the team. I'm, Half watching, they're half playing. It's fair. Yeah, so that's pretty fair. I do we, is it is that so? Like, do you remember before opening day we talked about what we wanted to see from this team, and we basically just wanted to see something that was watchable. Does it bother you that they're that they're going to finish the season having played over a month of straight up unwatchable baseball? It like it bo- it it doesn't. It does bother me. It bothers me a little bit because I'm going to you know have what? every game on my TV. Like, give me, a, give me, just That's give me watchable. That's all I want. I feel like we put so, and I think I can speak for all of us with this one. Correct me if not, but we put so much time and energy and thought into this team when it doesn't feel like it's being reciprocated. It's frustrating. Yeah, yeah. no, that it's deflating. That's, that's the right way to put it. Yeah, it. It's just kind of like, well, why are we putting any stock into this? Why are we putting any effort into following you? And that's what kind of makes heading into this offseason weird because I, I for one, am excited for this offseason, but it's also kind of like I feel weird about going into next season. I, I don't I don't think they can be competitors, but that's also because I'm looking at a blank slate and I really don't know what direction the team is heading in. 
I mean, we're being told that they're going to spend, yeah, but how and where does that begin? Because there's still really no direction. I, every GM news headline that comes out right now, like there's probably three a day of different names. And I just think everyone is just being thrown in the mix because no one has any actual clue what John Henry actually wants, because lo and behold, he will not be at the end of the season presser again, him and Tom Werner, um, which it is, it is what it is. You own the team. You can do what you want to do with that. Um, and it's, I, I know Chris Cotillo freaks out about it. it. Like every time that he does not get to talk to John Henry, uh, it's fair to be upset about that. But at this point, it's just kind of like, Oh yeah, I, I don't expect him to talk like, but here's the issue with Coop is this year in particular without, a baseball ops representative, I feel like ownership kind of has an obligation because you have Sam Kennedy and you have Alex Cora. Both we've heard from both of them already. Like they're not going to send any representative from the front office. It's not like we're getting Eddie or BOH or Raquel or anyone like that. If none of them are going to be there, I honestly feel like you, like ownership has an obligation to be there. But like, what, what are you going to? What are you going to get out of that presser? Like you're going to have John Henry like digging his heels in even further that what he thought he was doing and what they continue to do is try to win championships and that will always be their priority. Why do I know that's what he says? Is because he said that at Winter Weekend and that's what he said the last time that he gave availability and that's what he will continue to do because it's a business and they're not going to say like, hey, like we messed up. You. you as that big of a business where you have, I mean, they're not a publicly traded company, but they do have shareholders. LeBron James, I'm sure, didn't invest in Fenway Sports Group because he cares about the Red Sox. He cares about making money and expanding his athletic reach. Uh, it, if you don't like publicly owe it to anyone, like if he's talking to the rest of the shareholders, I get that. It doesn't really have to talk to the fans, which that no, is frustrating, but like that's also the realest look on it. You're, you're, as much as we want it, and it's like probably more of a cathartic thing, like there is not going to be any actual news to come out of that, I feel like. No, certainly not. But I'll tell you what can come out of it. If you're, if you're sitting in the owner's chair, if you own this team, I think your biggest fear, and we talk about this all the time, Rob talks about this all the time, we hear about this all the time, is apathy. That's your biggest fear. And if you don't want fans to be apathetic towards this team, you need to prove that you care. And there's a couple things you can do to prove that you care is one, pull out the checkbook and spend a bunch of money, which I think we all hope is going to happen this off season. But again, we'll believe it when we see it. And two, it's to get up there and talk and, and tell the fans yourself, not, not through Sam Kennedy and not through a statement that this is unacceptable to you. Finishing in last place again is unacceptable to you. He doesn't have to do that and he's not going to do that, but I, I do think it would go a long way with fans. I understand why he doesn't do it because like we all saw firsthand how winter weekend went. It doesn't always go as planned when you, when you speak in front of the mics, but it would go a long way with the fans if he went up there and expressed frustration to them. I just don't understand why he doesn't have a, like an annual media session or something really simple like that. That's not that hard. We're not asking for a lot. It just kind of, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to overstep where I stand and where we stand, we're fans of the team. They don't, you know, they don't technically owe us much. We don't have to watch. We choose to watch. But, like, it would be nice with all the energy, like I said earlier, that we put in just to show face, show that you care like we do. It doesn't have to be the same level. It doesn't even need to be true. You can BS us if you want. But just show some face so that we can at least Absolutely. talk ourselves into thinking we have an owner who cares. And, um, yeah, the Sam Kennedy stuff, he is – as someone who works in PR, he is good. 
but man, it's, brilliant. It, it, it's, it's, uh, it's running its course. I feel, I feel like it's becoming less and less effective. Does it matter? Hard to say. No. It, it's a bit, I'm a little tired of it. I'm, I, yeah. yeah. But the, so you're, you're only exactly tired how of we feel about the season. Yeah. You're only tired of it because he everything. says the same thing and then the team keeps losing. He's he like he is as good as they come at saying the right things because every time he gets up there, like especially after the bloom firing, he said he said all the right things. Like he had me like ready to go. Like I was like, oh my god, like the the tone is changing. Like this is this can only be good for the Red Sox. But you're right. Like he's said a lot of the right things in the past. Like I always feel good when Sam speaks. But again, we another last place season. Like another September. That's a shirt. That's a shirt right there. Rob wants that printed. I can tell you that much. I I always feel good when Sam speaks. Hey, thanks. Um, I kind of treat uh, Sam, Sam Kennedy's uh, press conferences similar to like a Bill Belichick press conference. I know I'm not yep. going to get anything worthwhile. You know, if there's you, something you get, like you get the one nugget a year, you yeah, get that maybe. one little question where someone asks it just right, and he'll he'll go off for about 20 minutes. Yeah, it's, it's like what uh, what they're planning to do with the like this past what was it? I think it was week one. Someone asked about like the punter, like being kind of like evolved out of football, went on for 20 minutes about it. You will get that from Sam Kennedy, usually spring training. He'll give you that long-winded thing about like actually where the team is going, what he actually thinks, and that is your nugget for the season. So the baseball equivalent to a punter would be like a a mop-up reliever. So maybe if someone asks Sam Kennedy who he thinks the mop-up reliever is, He'll go on a diatribe about how important Kyle Barraclough is to the no, team. No, 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 no. We, you know, we need to ask Sam Kennedy first question next there's, time. There's still remote rosters out there for uh, for guys like Barraclough. I can tell you that much. Uh, I want someone. To ask he always needs someone to come into the bullpen. You know, you get yourself into a situation. Uh, but you know, you look at the way that the relief pitcher evolved over the years, and uh, sometimes it's it is needed. But um, is it, yeah, is it's, it, it's a really good question that you pose, and where you know the direction of the game is going. Sounds uh, like where you're like onto like, Cincinnati. It's like you're at a sleepover with Sam Kennedy. You're hiding from your parents. You're under the covers, whispering like oh, relief pitcher. Where are we going with this, what, Gordo? What were you going to say? <laughs> I was just going to say, I hope the very first question he gets asked on Monday at his media availability is uh, what he sees Mauricio Jovera's role in the team moving forward. (laughs) I'd like to know Sam's thoughts. Sometimes we're losing by one or two runs, but we got to be down by more to motivate the guys. That's why we got Jovera here. Jovera, how about Joe move over? Hey. Oh, my God. It sounds like we all just had kids. Um, Um. so but yeah, we so, talk about a two thousand four. Yeah, two thousand four. Uh, do you guys want to name like, all your favorite moments? Let's name all of our favorite moments from two thousand four. Right, the moments that everyone should always think about. It, like any other other like moments that you want to erase from your memory, go for it. I'm all for it. If you want to just like, you know, Men in Black pen erase your memory of things that we don't name here. Go for it. I'm not going to stop you. You can completely write that out of history. It it does exist, sadly. I don't. But like you can stuff. completely just not talk about it ever again. So, do you guys want to play this game? Never. I'd like to erase uh, any memory having to do with bodily fluids getting on socks, I, literal socks, not red socks, but like actual socks with a CK. Yep. I want bodily fluids from like your ankle 
uh, getting on socks. In or the possibly year. paint. There's there's a possibility it could be paint. Yeah, it could be. Probably was. Might have I mean, been who, paint. Who bleeds from their ankle or heel? I, that's also a moment though that like I I would be fine not even. I like I'll be honest, haven't really thought about that thing in a while, and if I never thought about it again, I'd be fine because I got. I got to watch some cool stuff. I got to see, you know, Dave Roberts steal a bag, turn the whole series around. Yep. I, I got to see Bill Miller bring him in. Uke, uh, Uke was there. Uke was on the... He, uh, was in the, he was in the clubhouse. He was a bench yep. guy that year. Uke, uh, if you watch Four Days in October, he's he leans into the camera and just says, like, this is about to get wild or something. Yep. I love that scene. That's his only appearance in that whole documentary. Uke was um, there, man. I love that. I love that Uke was... Kind of on the 2004 Red Sox. It doesn't sound that right. was awesome. Yep, Curtis Lassie. Definitely, pe- definitely people you should remember on that 2004 Red Sox. I might Doug, add. Gordo, what's your favorite moment from 2004? Just give me anything to do with Manny. Give me yeah. Manny's World Series, Manny ho- hoisting the World Series MVP trophy. Just give me that. Oh, I oh. hate. I just hate everything about this man because, like, it's such an important moment. But like, it's just how can you like? I don't even I, I I don't even want to talk about it because I just want to like respect like the privacy of of those involved here. But like, it just it just sucks because like you know you've got like a postseason hero and like to see where it's gone it just sucks. So let's, let's, I'll be let's, honest, I don't know what you're talking about. I just I'm naming off 2004 moments that I really like. Can we uh, can we New York uh, with the two walk offs in 24 hours? I'll awesome. go with that. Awesome. So on on a on a real note. Um, for the situation with Tim Wakefield, if you're listening, you're not aware. Um, it was revealed uh, unintentionally, I guess you could say. Um, I'm, I'm, uh, instead of saying it, because no, I, I really don't want to talk about it. Um, I'm going to say go to the Red Sox Twitter. Look at the statement that they yeah. might have put out earlier about a 2004 Red Sox player. I care a lot about. I'll be honest. Like The first thing I went to is I Googled his name and Jimmy Fun because they, some of my best memories, like Wakefield... I just said his name. Uh, yeah, people know. If you're listening to the podcast, yeah. you know, we don't have to get into specifics, but some stuff was revealed about his health that wasn't supposed to be revealed, and now it's public. So we just want to wish him the best, give him his as, privacy. And, uh, as someone growing up, like that was a dude that was very involved in like everything. Jimmy Fund, like any community event. So that's what sucks. Like I, I was getting a little like emotional like when I read what happened. I hate how like I found out does not negate like the fact that I, I want him to fight like hell um, and do everything possible because they dude the Jimmy fund rocks, like getting to be a part of WEI and hopefully you got, you guys are getting very involved with WEI. Hopefully you guys get to get involved with the Jimmy fund because it changes your perspective on everything. Um, and wait uh, this guy was very involved in seeing this come back and get him like fuck cancer so that's the that's the walter white one f word of the the podcast season guys uh so on that note another trivia thing how many innings do you think tim wakefield pitched for the red Sox over 17 years it's a lot innings innings what is a lot of it 10 times 200 how much times yeah. It's 4,000. I'm going to say, is it in the tens of thousands? No. Tens of thousands. I don't think anyone's. Am I going too high on that? Am I I'm doing g- bad I'm math? Going... 200 times 10 is 2,000. 200 times 20 is 4,000. I bet he's around the 3,000 inning mark. 3,006 innings. 
Look at you. Oh go, my Gordo. God, give me a degree. That was good. That was good. Oh, good yeah. math. Good mental math. But that's crazy. 17 years, 3,000 plus innings, two titles. The guy's a friggin' legend. And he did it in the most interesting way, too. He's a shortstop for the Pirates, not hitting enough, tried to be a pitcher, couldn't do it. Passing conversation, why don't you try the knuckleball? Turns into a 19-year overall, 17 with the Red Sox, your career. Unbelievable. We love Tim Wakefield, wishing him all the best, um, but at the same time, respecting his privacy. So we can leave it at that. Sox. Love it. Erod. Erod. Transition into Erod. Yeah, um, good transition. Smooth. smooth yeah. Smooth. <laughs> <laughs> I, there's no yeah. way to pivot out of that. Um, no, no, and, no. Well said. Well said, guys. Uh Heyman reported, I believe it was Heyman. I saw it come from uh, Bleacher Report's baseball account first, and then uh, John Boy eventually picked it up, and now it's everywhere. Heyman reported that Erod would be opting out of his Detroit Tigers contract three years left on that deal. That's a whole lot of money and years on the table that he is just shoving because that place is a dumpster fire. And one man's one man's uh, mistake can be another team's capitalization. How would you guys feel about bringing Eddie Rodriguez back? Go ahead, Gordo. Um, I, I wouldn't be unhappy. I mean, obviously it depends on the, on the years and the money. I, he's going to get more than he turned away, I think. So I think it's going to be a pretty hefty contract. Like he was having a pretty good year this year. I, I would not be happy if he was the best pitcher they brought in this offseason. I'll say that. I mean, if he's the second best pitcher they bring in, I'm okay with it if it's the right contract. But again, like you'd enter the season, if he's the second best pitcher you get, it's a little underwhelming. I would say my final answer, acceptable but underwhelming. Howie Mandel is accepting that final answer. Uh, final answer? Is that deal or no deal? What's final answer? Oh, that's uh, that's who wants to be a millionaire. All right, congrats, Gordo. You're a millionaire. Uh, I am a millionaire. Sammy, uh, Erod, we entertained trading him back to the Red Sox this season, but would you want the Red Sox to sign him? So this is something I go back and forth on. I don't know how much I subscribe to the idea that it's significantly harder to pitch in Boston than other markets. I believe it's harder, um, but I don't know how much harder. That being said, Erod's someone who's done it with success. He's also done it in the playoffs. So I'd feel very comfortable bringing him back. Uh, I feel like we'd know what we're getting. We would probably expect a slightly higher level of play than when he was here the first time because he's, I think he's a number two, maybe a lower end number one even uh, starting pitcher now. Probably closer to a two. But if he were the best guy they brought in, the other arm, because I think we can all agree they should bring in two starters, the other arm would have to be very close, someone like Jordan Montgomery. And even that way, I wouldn't be so thrilled. I'd be fine with it. Kind of like you said, Gordo, if we had, uh, what, Bayo, Montgomery, Erod, Sale, Cutter. That's not a that's not good rotation, but, you know, it could be worse. So I'd like Erod. I hope he's not the best guy, like Gordo said. But, uh, yeah, pretty pretty... I'd be pretty happy if if he came back, and the sentiment, the, uh, the sentiment yeah. would be fun too. He I was, would imagine, yeah. I would imagine he would probably end up finishing his career here if that is, if he does come back here, and if he does not get traded if he comes back here. Yeah. But I also kind of look at it the same way. It's more of, it would be nice to have him, but you also do not need. He's not your priority right now. So if they go out in November, bang, signs 
Erod. It's either going to be a very low deal and it's because he just wants to go back to something that's familiar, especially with Alex Cora, or they're going to get him at the very end, like right before spring training. No one else is really feet biting on him because he's maybe asking for a bit more than the nostalgia factor. Um, and then the Red Sox just decide to scoop him up once they hopefully do a little saw and saw in December, January. Mm. Um, so it, not, not, not the thing I want to jump at, but it's also it wouldn't hurt. Can I ask yeah. you guys a question? I, yeah, I've, been, I've been thinking about this since the trade deadline with him. And we all remember back at the trade deadline, uh, he was the Tigers and the Dodgers agreed to a trade where Eduardo Rodriguez would be sent to Los Angeles along with all of the other former 2018 Boston Red Sox. And Erod, and uh, he invoked his no trade clause and ended up staying in Detroit. And I remember Ken Rosenthal. A few days after the deadline, he in, in his podcast, he had talked about how he thinks that there's a chance that that decision to stay in Detroit and not go to the Los Angeles Dodgers, one of the best teams in baseball, giving him a chance to win a World Series, how that decision might give teams some pause at pursuing him in free agency. Would, that, would you guys have concern about that? Like that Erod's priorities are not in the right place? Or do you think that... You know, it's or do you, do you do you subscribe to that? Not, I not think. Really. Go ahead, because I I interpreted that whole th- song and dance that happened at the deadline when he opted out of the Dodgers contract. It was never really confirmed, but I can't remember if anyone reported that he was looking to, for the Sox to like trade for him. Is that? I think is that ringing any bells or? He wanted no, but, to be on the. I know he wanted to be on the East. I think there was like a couple of teams that he would have accepted the trade to, but he wanted to stay put for family reasons. Just okay. I think he just didn't want to move his family. No, see, that I don't, a, this will affect anything because the teams are free to offer him whatever they want, and if he wants it, he'll say yes. I mean, if it were a trade, yeah, maybe that would affect um, how teams pursue him. But free agency, no, I don't. I mean. Almost the opposite uh, from the Red Sox perspective. He's made it clear that comfort and being near family and being in a good situation is important to him. That doesn't necessarily mean that winning isn't also important to him. So, so why not somewhere like Boston that he's familiar with, where he can bring his family to, that they're familiar with? I and think they know him. At least from the they Red know. Sox. Yeah. What is that? They know if winning's a priority. They, yeah. if, if anyone's going to know if winning's a priority for Eddie Rodriguez is the Boston Red Sox. Exactly. And it's also like Eflin, Eflin did this exact same thing. I mean, it wasn't for like a, it wasn't a trade clause or anything, but we, we talk about, yeah, yeah, see? Uh, it, he ended up not going to the winner of the AL East. He was going to a competitor, but he also was not going to a team that was trying to make it seem like they were competing and building a team to compete. Um, so I think I think there are always like indicators in the back of players' mind where it's kind of like, all right, I can sacrifice this right now. But if I go to the Dodgers, I'm going to be stuck with the Dodgers. I, I can't really move out of there, and now I'm stuck in L.A. So he might have looked at it as that, where he doesn't want to be in L.A. long-term, and he would rather maybe compete somewhere at the end of the season where he can opt out like he's supposedly going to do. All right, way, way too early. I feel like this makes sense. Me all the time. <laughs> so, so I've spoken about this. Jeff Passan spoke about it yesterday, uh, two days ago, if you're listening on Friday. Uh, Aaron Nola, not the best guy in the market, might be the best fit for the Red Sox because he's an innings eater, and that was the big issue with the pitching staff this year. So if they sign Nola, 
and they get Erod at a slight discount, how do we feel? I feel okay with that. I feel pretty firm with it. Yeah. I, it's, I mean, I, as long not, as Chris Sale is opening opening day starter, I'm okay. That sounds pretty good to me. It depends who's starting game one of 100. Yeah. 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 No, but like that's that's not a terrible situation. And it I, makes sense. Especially too. with the way the bull, like, the, I, I don't think much is going to be happening with the bullpen. Of course, you want to see some arms be added. I don't know if we want to rely on Ken Lee that so, much is like our firm closer. Oh, like you you're going to. You have to. He's the closer. Just tag team I mean, him and Schreiber? No, I think you just make Kenley the closer. It's I don't Kenley. think you overcomplicate it. But but here's the thing. You get Erod and Nola, specifically Nola, maybe another depth guy, not a star, just someone to eat innings. You're saving so much work for that bullpen, which, again, we talked about ad nauseum at the trade deadline. Burnt out, needed another arm. That ended up hurting them. You're really increasing your pitching staff in a way that numbers can't even quantify. You're keeping those guys in the bullpen fresh, which, by the way, very good bullpen first half of the year and part of the second half. And you're adding quality starters. I really like that idea. I know anything that doesn't involve Yamamoto, people are going to scoff at. But I think that's a good idea, Nola and Erod, and it's realistic too. Also allows you to spend more money on Shohei Otani, so I love that. Shohei Otani, the story's going to present the golden elbow splint. Crowd's going to go I'm gonna, crazy. I'm going to be so obnoxious until he signs somewhere. I, I promise That's you. That's your that. job, Coop. That is absolutely uh, your job. You need, you need to, uh, like, particularly once the World Series ends, like, the day, the day after the MLB season is done, there's no more games. Like, I expect you to go on a Shohei bender for, like, three months. I'm, I, I will buy a cork board, and I will make an actual conspiracy board <laughs> trying to pinpoint when he will be signed and for how much i i will do that too many lefties <laughs> oh yeah no no more lefties no more lefties no more. on this team and he's gonna he's gonna take the time in the offseason he's not gonna be learning to pitch so he's gonna learn how to bat righty don't Ooh, worry yes a new a new two-way show hey we don't switch? give enough credit for switch hitters as two-way players they are technically two-way players that is the imagine seeing him get up opening day Shohei Otani batting third he's righty righty on righty <laughs> so the other team is Seattle's just like you know what we can't do this we we need to switch it up already two men are already on base Jaron Duran's <laughs> so fast he's already at third base they take out we Luis gotta we gotta, we gotta bring it we gotta bring in a lefty and then <laughs> Shohei just switches to the other side of the box come on yeah the, the, Luis, the crowd Luis goes wild out. Luis Castillo can't handle it. They're like, oh, no, <laughs> Luis, you're not good enough. <laughs> you're not a beast. Get out of here. <laughs> oh, bring in. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Robbie Ray. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, no, I, it, I don't think Otani's going to happen. But hey, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll we don't speak that into reality. Right. We just say it can happen. It's going to be. Yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be Kyle Gibson. They are one of they are one of the teams in on Shohei Otani, according to them. The them and every other team. That's just like we don't we don't need to talk about the other teams. Yeah, I love yeah. that. I love same with Yamamoto. Red Sox have scouts at Yamamoto's game. Also, nineteen other teams. Can you imagine if like can you imagine if like the Kansas City Royals came out and they were just like, hey, we're not gonna drop this to any beat reporter to just like put out there. Um, we're straight up out on both Yamamoto and Shohei Otani. I just want to let everyone know that zero interest. Those guys blow. See you later. <laughs> no report. Press release. 
didn't someone do that? Didn't someone say they're not pursuing Shohei? What team, some team's executive or owner came out and said that. And I can't for the life of me remember who it is. Someone mm. did do that though. I was like, why? Oakland? Oh, yeah, Oakland, maybe. <laughs> Oakland's just like, I mean, we're going to help out all the other even... owners once again. We're not just going to give them wins. We're going to drive down the value on Shohei Otani, another team out of the mix. No interest. Oakland is so poverty that I would be surprised if they said it because it just doesn't even need to be said. Like, everyone just, they're like, they're just like, hey, you guys are out on Otani, right? And they're just like, you're asking? You. <laughs> what? Oh, was it the I White? thought you it knew. Been, I thought you guys it knew. Been, might have been the White Sox. Uh, that also, Jerry Ryan's store, if that's. It could have been Jerry. Classic. classic Jerry. Might, I think it was Jerry. Even if it was, I'm, yeah, I, let's, it was Jerry. Anytime no. an owner messes up, we should, it's now labeled as a classic Jerry. It's Jerry. Uh, that's a classic Jerry right there. It's either uh, a Jerry or an Ursa. That's, that's the, the two. Monfort. Oh. And on that note, I believe that's that's going to be the cap on this podcast. The Red Sox, they're going to do something with the Orioles. Who knows what? Um, we'll catch you on Monday with the end of the season podcast. Finger oh. guns. Any last words before you guys, before we head off? Uh, I'm wishing Gordo the best of luck to hit the over. Um, uh, <laughs> but I how, hold on, really quick. How many hits you did have, the Red Sox get on Thursday night? I just want to, I want to see something really quick. <laughs> how many? Are you trying to figure out how many hits they have in the last two games combined? Yeah, because <laughs> they, they got three, three, tonight, three and three. It's six <laughs> total hits in their last two games. I'm wishing Gordo best of luck that the team that's gotten six hits over two days. Uh, how many more wins do they need for you to hit your They need thing? to win all all three, baby. All three <laughs> games. All right, hey, so listen, man. Lost his bet. Sorry. <laughs> Send your condolences to Gordo's wallet. That's not happening. What's your Venmo? No. Open, open the Venmo. Open the Venmo, Gordo. My Venmo, so, if, you, if you'd like to contribute to the losses. One cent. No more. Matt-Gordon. Send a penny my way. Hit me up. Matt- Nat Gordon, straight, no hyphen on that. No, there's there's a hyphen in the middle. Nat dash Gordon. Hyphen in the middle. One one cent equals one. one hit. One cent equals like one kiss on the cheek. Like, Ooh. just tell me out. I might smooch you twice. <laughs> Show me some love. I'm not some money. Unless, on unless that note. here's my final Ooh. words. The oh. Orioles, the Orioles, after celebrating, are going to endure a three day hangover, and that is going to win me this bet. Nah. Scrambled no. eggs, chocolate milk, Orioles. Don't worry about it. No, no, they don't know about that. Wade Boggs never played for the Orioles. <laughs> Wade. Hadley's going to punch secret, a baby man. tonight, and he's going to get arrested. Oh, yeah. That's, we should end on that. We need Adley, Adley to start punching babies. Yep. Thank you. But don't. But don't, because then we're liable. <laughs> Parody. <laughs> <laughs>